Hey guys, Liam Duggan here, captain of the Four Wheel Drive Podcast. We're driven by the Shelter Brewing Co. and are a part of Backchat Studios. You can support us on Patreon where you can get bonus content and episodes before everybody else. Head to patreon.com forward slash the Four Wheel Drive Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back to the Four Wheel Drive Podcast, driven by Shelter. Music by the Southern River Band, Let It Ride to Lead Us In, the Four Wheel Drive Podcast on Instagram and all our episodes over on Backchat's YouTube channel. Or wherever you listen to your podcast, you'll find us um, on YouTube at the Backchat Studios. So, yeah, this, this is the Four Wheel Drive Podcast. We'll, um, we'll get it going now. So, sorry if we repeat ourselves with a couple of things to, to the live audience. But, um, like we said, our first, our first show on the live stage, which is really exciting, um, it's my first time sort of doing any of this, really, this, this podcast run, so, so bear with me and, and um, I'll be throwing to Ronnie for most of the show with, with what we're going to get into and we'll try and make it a little bit interactive as well if you've guys got questions at the end. Obviously, we said there's a giveaway for, for some of the better questions, so we'll, um, we'll move through this, but uh, Ronnie, mate, you, you um, Duck said you hitchhiked over, but you actually drove your, your, your new yeah. troopy over, so how did you find the trip? I found it uh, pretty good. Like, I mean, I did it in two and a half days, which sounds stupid and reckless but I actually got adequate sleep um, I jump out of the car a lot and run around the car but here's my trick to stay alert and keep driving well number one is coffee but the other one is when you need to go to the loo you overtake a road train because then you can't go then you overtake the next one and the next one and you're busting so much eventually you've got to pull over but yeah that's, that's my trick yeah and it's, then your, um, your new f- uh, long range fuel tank went in just before you left you yeah, there was a bit yeah. of trouble with that early on but um, yeah. how, how many times did you have to fill up? I filled up three times and I've still got a full tank uh, on the main tank so I swapped the rear tank for a 180 litre tank I installed it myself and uh, it wasn't easy it was, they say three hours it took like seven hours with interruptions with uh, Jono helping me as well so yep. yeah no, that's, um, that's a good shake and, and the, ease of, the ease of camping in the rooftop conversion now that helped when a you're lot. pulling in you obviously it's it's yeah. quite everyone's aware that you likes to find uh camping in the dark so yes there'll be plenty of camps found in, yep. in the dark so i had my camps planned out the whole way um always do that when i, when I cross the nullable cross to the other side 
But what I didn't plan for was Google going, uh, by the way, if you go south and go through Victoria, you're going to save an hour. And I was like, that's a no-brainer. So I did that. And then once I passed, because that was from uh, in Petersburg in um, South Australia. Once I did that, then I got myself in trouble because I've got no campsites pre-thought about. I've never done that road before. So I was driving for an hour, then it became two hours, and then I had to actually leave the highway and find somewhere. So yeah, right. that was a bit of a mistake there. But yep. Oh, well, yeah. lessons learned. Um, for everyone here, why did you go down? Obviously, you got the 79 and you've chosen to, to get a second car in the Troopy, which is sort of, you know, you, you haven't gone other end of the spectrum. So why did you go the Troopy on top of the 79? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. I, I've just always looked at them, always thought about them. And I did a video a while back where I was, I was rating vehicle types from 1 to 10. And um, like completely not thinking of being favourable to anything. It was just complete unbiased thoughts. And then at the end, it turned out to be the Troopy. But then I always thought about the Troopy as being a two-seater, right? Because they're commonly a two-seater vehicle. And then I thought, flirted with the idea, what if you made one that was a four-seater? And then I started investigating more. And then at that point, I was like, well, I've got two utes. What's the point of having two utes? And I was contemplating selling one of the utes. Um, I even flirted with selling the, the 79 because I had the Hilux and then I decided to sell the Hilux to buy the, the Troopy because it just came up on car sales. <laughs> and uh, that Troopy cost me a dollar per kilometre it had done. So 77,000 kilometres, traded the Hilux in, got 72 for that, COVID, COVID price, yeah. and then gave the car dealer some money as you reluctantly do and then got the troopy and then started all over again yeah so the four the four seat conversion that you've done is not common in in all, all the troop carry conversions that you see around here so no, yeah why like what what was the inspiration behind it and how and how, who, who have you seen to get that done so the inspiration behind that was um because i want to do do the lap and i thought the lap's easier to do with a vehicle that has a pop top so this is also a big part of why i went for the troopy so i could have the pop top because if I leave a vehicle around the country, which is fine, but if I, if I get a late flight, I come in and I just want to sleep before I drive hundreds of k's to find somewhere to park it, I can't just roll out a, a swag in the middle of town, but I can cheekily pop that roof, yep. get some hours in, and then continue on. That was one of the reasons. The other reason why I needed to be four seats was because I want to camp, I want to keep it so my whole family can still get in there. So the two seats in the back, obviously, for my two young girls, uh, 12 and 9 years old, and then for the wife as well. So um, although the wife doesn't like camping that much anymore, unless it's base camping, um, she does like to, she does want to see like Darwin and Brisbane and, you know, she loves Melbourne. Um, so she likes the hotel kind of stuff. So this enables us to have a vehicle there so I can fly them with me, uh, hang out, and then they'll fly back and then I'll continue on the trip and get it to another city. Yep. That's, yeah, that's the whole plan. Yep. That's the 2024 plan. Um, now, with diesel at the price that it is, what was it on the... I oh, know you only filled up three times, but what was it across the Nullarbor? Well, it, it was up there. Um, so I filled up at Norseman, and that was $2.20. And then I skipped all the $2.80. The, the, I think there was even one that was like edging to $3, but not quite there. Uh, and then when I got to Penong, which is almost Sedona, that was $2.22. So yeah, right. okay. yeah. That's and then once I get at the moment, yeah, yeah. Then once I get into Victoria, so two dollars nineteen. Yeah, okay, yeah. So well, it's a good little prelude because so the 
the um, I suppose what we do on a podcast episode is we we sort of come in with a topic, and, and obviously you guys will, will get you involved shortly. But um, this one is the future of four wheel driving and what it'll look like. And I think it's an interesting perspective to get to get your take on it, Ronnie, as someone that's been around for a long time now and, and driven the big heavy diesel cars and, and all of that. But it, just on a blank canvas, really broad, what, what is the future of four-wheel driving in your eyes? Uh, the future of four-wheel driving needs, I think it's going to need a, a bit of help from the people actually going to use the tracks and the camps. We we'll think we need to be more conscious of, um, you know, like keeping the place clean, uh, do whatever we can to keep the tracks open because it doesn't take much to, to, to close places and things and we are seeing places close a lot around us so that's one aspect of the future the other aspect of the future is electrical vehicles uh, are they going to be any good um, are they going to have the range or is a hybrid good enough what's happening with diesel uh, what actual vehicles are coming out that are actually made for full drive what's actually out there that's, that's still capable of being a tough rig a vehicle that can have all these accessories bolted on like this one over here and that one over there, that, they've got a lot of gear on them. Um, a lot of vehicles at this show have a lot of gear on them. And it's the question of can these vehicles take all this, you know, all this weight with the smaller engines, the smaller gearboxes, 10-speed gears, because I've test-driven a few vehicles and one in particular, which I guess we'll talk about in, in the podcast, this, this didn't fare too well in, in yeah. certain aspects. Yeah. Are you open to electric four-wheel drives? Uh, definitely, in a sense of hybrid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, tut, tut, why, so full electric, yeah. you don't think it's going to make it? Uh, we just don't have the infrastructure or the range. Um, depending on what, what you're going to do, like if you're mainly around town, you're going to follow those main highways where there are... Um, infrastructure that's going to be in place to charge a vehicle, yeah, sure. Um, but you, you can't just put out a 300-watt solar panel and charge your car. You need, like, 10 300-watt panels. Yep. Are you, are you a fan of how some of them actually are, are starting to look, though, or are you more... So I think we've got... That's the, that's the Rivian, I believe. Um, yeah. I'm actually a big fan of that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, um, as in its capabilities or just the look? As in its capabilities, actually. So the only thing that lets this vehicle down in my mind is the fact that it's pure electrical. So sure. you're not going to be able to charge it. That's yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. cool. Um, you, if the, it's, like, it's like a skateboard underneath. It's flat. It's got four wheels. Each wheel has an engine driving those wheels. So no need for lockers or anything. It does its own thing. It's got tank turn. So two wheels will spin backwards and the other two will spin forwards. So it can turn... It's like a zero-point turn Yeah, it can feature. turn yeah, on right. a... Yeah. Had, um, I, I do love that on the... Yeah. Just that empty yeah. cavity underneath. That, that is cool. Um, so they've actually done a... They've done a pull-out kitchen. When I was at the Arizona... I've seen that, yeah. Uh, Overland West uh, in Arizona in 2019 before COVID sort of hit, uh, they had this kitchen that come out, induction cookers and everything. The thing is, there's so much power in these cars. You can run electrical stuff. Uh, all day. It's just when you drive and you're moving the vehicle, you are going to need to recharge it. How do you recharge it? You don't have to carry a generator if you're in Australia. Um, that said, I was talking to uh, a guy at a shopping centre, of all things, um, with, the, with the Tesla, and he was saying that um, the infrastructure in WA, there's a particular road. So if they're doing this in WA, they're going to do this nationwide. Uh, Great Northern Highway, um, minimum distance 
uh, sorry, the maximum distance between a charge point is 170 kilometers to charge your electrical vehicle. Where there's no roadhouse, there's going to be a big diesel generator charging that car. Yeah, right. So Perth to Broome. Yeah. Is that Perth to Broome, basically? Yeah, essentially. So you, you could go Perth huge, to Broome. Huge distance, yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. A, it's a huge distance, but you could do it. The problem is when you go off-grid, yep. you can't really do that in there. You've got to come back out of the highway yeah. every time you need charge. Yeah. So how does a hybrid... Is that the, oh, that's the Cybertruck, the Tesla that's the Cybertruck, Cybertruck, yeah. yeah. So with the Cybertruck, I don't, you, I don't like the look of yeah, that. Yeah, they, they're, they're super cool. I think with a Cybertruck, it's got uh, a motor driving each back wheel and one driving the front, two front wheels. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so the hybrid, explain the hybrid then to me. In, well, in, how, in a four-wheel drive sense, how do you think that... So the conventional four-wheel drive has you know, the conventional drive line. You know, you've got your drive shafts, you've got your gearboxes, all that stuff. With an electric vehicle, it's direct drive to the to the tyres, to the wheels. So it's you know it, you've got these electrical motors there. You don't have the combustion engine. You don't have all the, the drive shafts and all that kind of stuff. It's just flat surface underneath. So essentially, like a big skidding plate, like a skateboard, a skateboard with a hidden battery and all the other wizardry. <laughs> With a, um, a hybrid, it's just like any other four-wheel drive, except it has an electrical motor as well. That means that you still have the drive line, it still works like uh, a conventional vehicle, but you have the ability to run just electrical. Um, the thing is, you can charge that battery by driving it. So as long as you've got adequate fuel, you can put an extended range on it. That's where I can see a hybrid vehicle could work. Yep. And I'll, I'll be keen to, to try it out one day, but not a full electric. I just don't think. Yep. Yeah. Not in the not in the market. Um, yeah. So diesel diesel and petrol then. Touch on that a little bit and how you think that sort of maybe yeah. the next ten years is looking I, for that. Yeah, I think the next ten. It's very speculative, but I reckon the next ten years it'll be mainly hybrid petrol. I don't think we'll ever see a hybrid diesel. Diesel is better for you know, carrying loads and slow torque, climbing hills and all that. But the thing is, we also got to um, realise that people, vehicle manufacturers, they're making it, they're not making it for this tiny percentage of four-wheel drivers, they're making it for the masses, you know. And that's why we're seeing electric cars and all that. Um, so they're not thinking about Australian conditions, you're off-grid. However, there is one vehicle that has come out recently um, that is designed for just off-road and I've got a petrol a diesel and there's an electrical option coming. What's that? The That's the Ineos Grenadier. Oh right, yeah, yeah. We still haven't been over to that tent actually to have a look yeah. in there. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Now I've, I've been a passenger in one but I haven't actually driven one and the world's first pop top on a Grenadier is over that way. Yeah, right. Yep. It looks awesome. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah they, they've been sort of I feel like they've been on in the background, but now to see them, there's a, yeah. a good bunch of them over the road there, so it'll be good to go and have a look. But. There's been a lot of criticism on it, like people speculating. And, yeah, okay. Um, they've had a few court battles with um, Land Rover as well, because it looked because too much like look? a defender. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, we're moving on from the vehicles a little bit, and you touched on it before about the, the other part of the future of four-wheel driving. Um, tracks private property, all this, it feels like there's a little bit less and less now to, to actually access. Yeah. Is that true? What, what's the reason? I think there's less and less close to us, and a lot of time it's not from grubs trashing it for us, it's also infrastructure. 
you know, like councils realise, oh, we can sell all this land. So sprawl, the sprawl. Yeah. yeah. So especially around Perth, um, it's like a, a place called Wilbinga. Um, used to be able to go there. Used to have like surf spots and all that. But then all of a sudden, one day, I was out with with my dad, and he noticed that on his on his TomTom on his GPS, there was all these streets through the dunes were driving. I was like, what, what's that? And then sure enough, two years later, they're bowling it over, and they're putting infrastructure. Yeah. So, so that. Is it, I don't know if it's like, are the government, sort of the, the parks and the state parks, national parks, forests, whatever they are, are they getting nervous by what's going on out there with all this? Oh, yeah. There is a lot of speculation, like you say, but... Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. There's a lot of different factors coming in. I think yeah. like population growth, um, and then you also, like, it just seems red tape's going to be everywhere now, and and the Department of Wildlife. If you get if you get a certain ranger in there, you know I don't want to get too political, but maybe you get a greenie in there, they're going to start shutting places down, yep. you know. Yeah. And, yep. and that's just just the nature of it. But that's where you know that's why remote travel. You know, you gear up for remote travel. None of that stuff matters. You know, I, I just think the stuff that's going to be more restrictive and what you can do less and what's going to be maybe less enjoyable in 10 years' time is, is the close to town areas because you're going to have such big populations there and stuff. Like, put it this way, I don't go anywhere nearby town during Easter, Christmas um, or like Australia Day. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'll quickly go back to the vehicles. I forgot one thing. We've spoken about it a little bit on our podcast before, but for the people here, the, the new 70 series with the Hilux engine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, yeah. So, how many people in the audience uh, own a 70 series? Is there anyone? There's a couple over there, yep. So, so with the 70 series being a V8 diesel and it's a manual, um, they're now bringing out a four-cylinder, 2.8-litre, um, yeah, this, this one here. Um, the look's growing on me, actually, by the way. It has? I hate it to start with, yeah, but right I actually don't mind it. It looks kind of classic. It's like the old classic Toyota. Yep. So... Um, they're putting in the 2.8-litre. They're putting in a six-speed auto. Now, having had the, uh, the Hilux version, you know, the, the same... I'm, I'm guessing it's the exact same running gear. I put 33s on that, and I never got six gear ever again. So, bye-bye six gear. So, bye-bye fuel economy. So, bigger tyres. I actually, before, before I decided to sell it, I was actually going to downgrade the tyre size again so I could get more drivability out of it. I mean... Looks uh, looks do matter to a degree, but that was just nah, that wasn't that good. So what I'm concerned about is is this vehicle here. A lot of people put um, 33s, 35s on them. Is it going to be geared to hold that? And if it is, yeah, that'll be fine. So it might be okay on fuel, but given the shape of that thing, Hilux Prado with that engine, they're very much more aerodynamic. With a 70, once you get to 90 above 90, you're just chewing the fuel as you guys will know, right? Let's not even talk. go there, eh, about fuel. <laughs> but imagine like the um, 2.8 litre, um, is that going to be able to be more fuel efficient? Maybe around town, but what if you start loading it up like this vehicle over here? You start putting all that stuff on it. Imagine a 79 with, the, with everything on it and it's up to like four tonne, you know, which a lot of 79s are. They are up to four tonne. I mean, they're over GVM, um, some of them under, but let's face it, they've got a lot of gear on them is that engine, is that gearbox going to be able to handle it? And the reason why I question that is because a mate of mine, Harry from Fire to Fork, he blew up um, his, uh, I think it was uh, the front diff or something, on his, um, on his Prado. 
I know it's a different diff, but you know, it couldn't handle the big build and the towing a trailer. And the, and the new Prado as well, while we're touching on the Toyota side of it, is that, is that look grown on you at all? Oh, that, that, I like that straight away. That, that's cool. Oh, you like that straight yeah. away, did you? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. I thought that, that looked really cool. Progressive of you. Yeah. <laughs> I've got used to seeing the 300, I guess. Yeah, true. It looks very similar to that, doesn't it? it does, yeah, I, I like it. Oh, yeah, what what do you guys think about the, yeah, the um, 2.8 litre yeah, 70 yeah. series or... Oh, back in the 70s, yeah, yeah, he's not sure, he's, he's sceptical as well, yeah, 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 need to see it to believe it, right? That there definitely looks like a 300, like, um, do you guys, who, who digs that? Do you guys dig that? No, nah, yeah, like, yeah, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, of course, yeah, no, I get that, there's many cars that I, I dislike as well, you know, but I reckon that might grow, you know, because when the Hilux uh, came out there in 70, I hated the look of that, two years later I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just takes time, I reckon. Yeah. But you've grown quick on that one, so I didn't think you would, so... No, yeah, it's straight away, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, well, um, will you have your troopy in 10 years' time? Uh, if it's still running and it's not rusted, yeah. 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 So that's a, that's a long-term... Yeah, that's, that's a long-term, yeah. I'm that far invested in it. Um, look, I have had uh, quite a bit of help from sponsors, but there's quite a bit of coin tipped in there as yep. well. So... Yep. No worries. Um, to build something like that, you've got to hold on to it for a long time. Um, that's that's the thing. Uh, if, to get, if to get your gonna, money's worth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If there's a car going to flip every five years, you, you wouldn't put that much stuff on it. Yep. Beautiful. All right, well, uh, let's get on to the car sales quiz, but I'm going to start with you. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you three goes at it, and you're going to guess the price of right, so, what okay. we're going for, and then we're going to jump over to these guys here for the giveaway. So is this what I heard and some you questions. guys talking about the other day? I'm stitching yeah, we, up there something. Yeah, we, we, when you hung up on us, we, we sorted this out. But I've got these from today, so they're Was it something I said? No, no, it was because you didn't rock up. <laughs> it was, it, these are current, um, pulled these off today. So Okay. All right, 76 Land Cruiser, 2018 model. Silver to GXL, 64,000 Ks on it. It's fairly stock, apart from a platform rack and clear view mirrors. What price? It's in New South Wales. How many? 60 k's? 60,000. 64,000 k's. It would be something ridiculous like 80 grand? It's not far off. 78, 990. I'll take that. That's a good tick. That would probably win you a prize, I reckon. Uh, we've got, so the next one, Y62 Nissan Patrol, uh, TI, 2021 silver, 44,000 Ks on the clock, and that is completely stock, factory floor, in New South Wales again, kept in New South Wales. I've no idea here. Um, I'm just going to say 90 grand. 84. Not bad. All right, last one for you. Jeez, they're Toyota, expensive, aren't they? Toyota Hilux SR5 manual, so it's a 2013 model. The four-cylinder, three-litre um, mm-hmm. engine. 133,000 Ks, so it hasn't done many Ks. This has got extras, ARB, bull bar and canopy, um, worn winch, light bar spotties, uh, Safari Armax snorkel, roof rack, awning, uh, upgraded head unit, UHF, drawers, suspension, all tyres, everything. Stuff. But okay. 2013 manual. How many Ks? Uh, 133,000. Twenty-seven. Nah, forty-one. 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 Wow. So that's where you're getting at for uh, for still the old Hilux engines, mate, which wow. are pretty bulletproof. But I was thinking maybe cheeky and saying what I would pay first, and then <laughs> yeah. and then that that was probably about half of what I said. It's um, really? so you're a little bit off, but that 
the first two are pretty good. Um, so we've got, a, we've got a segment here around the fire pit on the four drive podcast. It's where we sort of, I'll well, shut the laptop usually and throw to questions and stuff like that that we've had through, um, through the socials. But um, we'll start with the, the car sales quiz for the giveaway for the torch. Um, that could also be used as a baton um, for, for protection. But so I'll, I'll read it out to you guys. Um, and I think we've got John over the mic there if yeah, anyone wants to have a crack at it. So I'm, I drive a Ford Ranger, so I've gone a Ford Ranger XLT. It's the um, MK2, so it's a 2018 model. Um, it's an auto, 90,000 kilometres. It's got an aluminium box canopy, so it's got a little bit of tray space at the back, so it's sort of a three-quarter box. Uh, it's fitted with shelves, a fridge slide, dual battery inverter, got a solar panel on top, a long-range fuel tank, and beef Goodrich tyres. If you click, uh, we'll probably get, we'll take three, or f- three guesses nearest to pin. Anyone we'll on their phone? We've got one here. <laughs> um, 66. 66 is the first guess. Second guess. Might as well have a crack. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll come to you. Sorry, mate. 62. Seventy-four. Ooh, we've gone, we've gone, uh, we've gone overs here. So is that that it, one there? It's yeah. So it's oh. it's actually on for fifty-two. So sixty-two will get you the. Uh, we've gone a bit high. So uh, mate, that's a free whatever Ronnie's got there for yeah, you, mate. mate. Um, well done. Eighteen thousand loons. But what we failed to tell you was that was a live auction. You've just yeah, bought. you've just bought it. <laughs> yeah. So who, who was it? If you're willing to pay that, you can you 60? can buy my Ranger actually. Who, who was uh, closest? Uh, up the back there, I reckon. Oh, sorry, looking at the wrong gentleman. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up the there back. you go, mate. Well done. <laughs> yeah. 18,000 looms. Yeah. You're going to need one of these crazy. to store it. But um, we'll, we'll open it up to you guys if you've got any questions for, for Ronnie. Um, yeah, floor's yours now if you, if you want any. Jono's got a mic there as well so we can hear you. Um, but if you've got anything for Ronnie, if not, all good. Um, well, they're all good, then uh, yeah, Liam, Liam's going to keep more, this there's then. There's more giveaways, so you might as well yeah. ask questions. So you're a front-runner wolf pack here. These are pretty darn good. They actually seal really good. So you'll find that when you pop the seal in this, <laughs> it gives you that noise. So who has the question? Okay. Oh, yep. So other than the electric vehicles being a possibility, Toyota have been looking at hydrogen engines. Um, do you think that would be a better option for Toyota with range and sound? Uh, so hydrogen was something that really excited me, um, but the problem of hydrogen, uh, which I learnt by looking on YouTube, uh, just researching it, it's, it costs so much money and resources to make what they call heavy water, to make that hydrogen. So I just don't see it being um, uh, something attainable for the time being. If it was readily readily available, yeah, definitely. I reckon that'll be that'll be awesome. Um, I know they're doing a they've got like a racing team or something. Hey, with the hydrogen engine, um, you know, it, all that comes out of the exhaust is is water vapor. It's pretty cool. I'd never even I didn't know that was a yeah didn't at all. So yeah, I have to do my research on that. Um, Tony, you mentioned you're doing that and uh, starting next year. Yes. Uh, are you going to film it and um, uh, or portions of it? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I will be filming that, and um, it'll be filmed for um, most. It'll be 90% of it will be uh, on YouTube, and 10% of that will also be on that TV show, the Full Drive um, uh, Adventure Show, which is on that Seven Plus. Um, 
So yeah, definitely going to be doing that. Um, so the idea is to, I'm planning on starting the canning stock route and then leave the vehicle in Broome and then fly back and then just every city that's easy to fly back to Perth with, that's where I'm going to leave the vehicle and then just fly and fly out. So a bit like a FIFO, but, but you know, exploring around and having a bit of fun. So, and then hopefully making some good content. Uh, we just actually came back from a um, trip down along the Baxter. I've done that run eight times and um, a few eventful things happened there. We had a vehicle rollover we sort of put back on his wheels, yeah. So there's a few more episodes of that coming out. There's uh, from Israelite Bay to, to Bilbanya Dunes. Um, it was such an unpleasant time when we got there. The winds were so ferocious. It was like stripping the skin off your legs. Um, that silly head buff I wear sometimes, I wore that to cover my face. There was that much wind. But what we did get was this spectacular show at the dunes. It was crazy, man. Um, you know, like tie-dye, where you get like, you see that going out like that? Well, the dunes were doing that. It was, it was insane. It was cool. It was worth getting sand in every orifice, you know? Um, and then along the Baxter and, and all that as well, and then ended up at Twilight Cove. So if uh, anyone here drives from the East Coast coming across, Cocklebeatty Roadhouse, go in there. Um, be careful with the uh, toaster sandwiches. Just head straight south and go to Twilight Cove and you'll have one of the best campsites you'll ever be at, guaranteed. Yeah, Even if it's windy, the wind bounces off this big cliff and creates this buffer. It is incredible. So... Yeah, sorry, I went a bit off the question there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we'll t I think we'll take one more question. Yeah. yeah? Sorry, no, nothing against you, Ronnie, but Liam, where's your favourite trip you go on? Where do you want to go? And you've been looking around a bit, I hear about some cars. Which car would you like to buy when you're seeing the Tony next multi-million dollar group? Yeah. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Multi-million dollar deal would be nice. That's, uh, that's never going to happen. Uh, my, the place I want to go to, um, I'd love to do a lap, but I don't have the time to do that at the moment. So one day I will, will um, join Ronnie on that lap. But uh, I'm going to do the south coast of New South, actually. Um, in, actually, in a month's time, we're starting that trip. So I'll, I'll drive over um, when I get back to Perth and um, base ourselves in Melbourne and start that. But I'll do a little bit of the south coast of New South Wales, which grew up in Victoria, so I was... I was closer than I am now, but um, looking what, what, forward to what that. What areas are they? Uh, so we're sort of, we've only got a few stops, but we're trying to probably get, I should probably ask people out here, but um, so the Bermagui, um is the main spot that I'll be sort of heading to, but um, so first stop will be Malakuta, Bermagui, um, be checking out Huskisson, but there's a few other little camp spots in there that we'll probably just break up. Um, they're only two hours apart a lot of the towns yeah, okay. but um, I'm pretending I know where those places are yeah <laughs> no Bermagui is the one one spot that I've really wanted to get to so my brother it's my brother's favourite spot in Australia so I've needed to yeah, um, right. I needed to go and see what he's talking about so uh, that's that's that and then the the Troopy is my dream car so um, that's why that's why the only reason I hang out with Ronnie um, <laughs> is to get to sit in his Troopy and 
I get to place myself out the front of it and, and look like I own it. So um, that would be the dream car. Uh, yeah, it's sort of... If I had it set up like Ronnie's, I'd probably do it no worries right now, but um, not so practical for the Perth suburbs um, when I struggle to get out a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Should we take one more? Anyone got another? Let's take one more. Then it's one in four chance to win this. <laughs> I know that people ask the question right now, I want to keep it one in three, but let's, let's make it one in four. <laughs> oh, one more question. Someone's got to have one. Yep. Yes. Now, my question is, what's the one thing with every car you've ever owned that you always keep in there? For any trip, any emergency or anything like that, what's the one thing that always comes with you? One thing that always comes with me in the car. <sighs> it's going to be a boring answer for just say one thing, but the one thing will be a PLB, like an EPIRB. Uh, the second one will be a sat phone because then, you know, something happens, I can ring up and go, hey, I need this and this because if I pull the EPIRB, they'll take me. Bye-bye, trophy. <laughs> yeah, I've only... This first aid kit, and that's been from my first car, which was just a wagon, um, Commodore. So that's just the one thing that's come with me the whole way. So um, pretty boring answer as well, that one, but this a actually, good question. It's actually a better answer, I reckon, because um, if I don't have a first aid kit, I can't plug myself can't up while I'm waiting for the bloody... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to get on. <laughs> yeah. No, that, yeah. Yeah, that was probably where I start. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Wrap man, it up. I don't, yeah. don't want to choose the. I chose last time. I chose last um, time. This is kind of your hookup, so I don't. Oh I don't, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not giving it to Daniel. Sorry, mate. Um, that's okay though. You, you probably get one easy enough. Um, <laughs> no, gentlemen in the front, been been sitting here um, eagerly awaiting your arrival, Ronnie. Before, so <laughs> you can go home with the front runner box. Yeah, yeah. Hold well on. Um, Congratulations, mate. So oh, let's Get have a look. There. So there's, there's all the extras in there, so you can actually strap it down to your roof rack. I will give you the lid, don't worry. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. You're right, welcome. No worries. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone oh. yeah, behind the camera. Um, oh, you got something else There's also there. a divider kit. So if you don't want to use it in that, you can actually use the divider kit in your drawers. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I actually needed that, so thanks for giving that away. Yeah, but anyway... Yeah. Um, no, thank you for joining us live and, uh, yeah, to everyone listening and watching, um, the four-wheel drive podcast driven by Shelter. So um, the Southern River Band, we'd let it ride or see us out, but you know where to find us on the socials and over at Backchat on YouTube. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much.